When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gazpacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Millie Tamarez. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Gals, I usually try to pick like a, a cute little opening story to kind of wrap and frame our rage around. But today, I just I think we should just go for it. I think we should just lean into it, into the state. I've been in a state this week. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Can you relate? What kind of state? Just like, okay, I am a danger to the men of New York City. Like, everywhere I go, I just want to bump into them and tell them they are always in the way and that they are taking up too much space. I, I think it's just been shown. You and I know we, yes, I know we have male listeners. I know a lot of our, our female listeners listen with their male spouses who are who are big fans. And you, how does your fiance feel about that? <laughs> about what? He likes about, it. Uh, he likes a little your desire to Your desire to... <laughs> Throw elbows at the men of New York City. He thinks it's funny, and then he'll just like turn it around and be like, "Well, then you're not allowed to get mad when I say that ladies take up too much space on the sidewalk." Because <laughs> he he always is like, "Look at the ladies; <laughs> they're taking up too uh, much space." Not always, oh, but occasionally. Really, and I'm like, gaggle. "Yeah," but like more specifically, like I literally. This is the state I'm in. I cried yesterday because I was getting out of the elevator with my laundry. I was in the elevator with two other women, and they just. At the same time, cleared a perfect path for me to get off of the elevator with my laundry. And I just, that has never happened to me in an elevator with all men. It happens all the time. I'm on a low floor. The elevator's packed. I have to beg for people to get out of the way. The elevator's like closing in on me. And so something about that, just like the way women just accommodate each other, they split open. I didn't even know them. We all knew what floor each other lived on because women actually pay attention to that. Something about that moment just like split me open. And I was like, I can't anymore. Wow. That's this could have been a solo episode, I think. <laughs> no, I mean, where are you in your cycle? Not that I want that yeah, data to be no, shared no, with no, the no. with the the people of the. Well, Safe Graph already has downloaded every <laughs> sub episode to make sure none of us have emotions. Right. That's a callback to a previous episode. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll yeah I'll, I'll have to ask I'll have to ask whatever anti-abortion rights group is collecting my data. They might know better than I do. That's a great question, though, Sammy, because sometimes. I'll cry at a yogurt commercial or something mm -hmm. ridiculous. And, 
you know, whatever, the eventsler of it all. I'm an emotional creature. Emotions <laughs> are great. I, I think that's a great book, honestly, if you guys could read it. It's definitely... Which uh, one? It was, I'm an emotional creature. Oh. It's about how women... It's a lot of cool stuff, and it has anecdotes about the success of women that do sports in when they're in high school and middle hmm. school, and also just leaning into the emotion. Being emotional is yeah. okay. It's but okay. when I find that I'm super emotional, two days later, I get my period, and I'm like, I know I wasn't a little bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Working in a, a perfect promo, we have a new podcast called Oversharing, hosted yeah. by Jordana and her sister, who's a clinical psychologist. And her sister said something in the first episode that I have thought about several times since, which is that crying, she said that she sees crying as a gift to humans because it's a pure expression of emotion that's healthy. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't, you know, inflict pain on anyone else. But after you cry, you really feel, I mean, I'm a, I love to cry. I, I feel like I probably, this is why I like to cry because I think after <laughs> you feel a real sense of release mm, and yeah. it, again, you didn't hurt anyone by doing it. You didn't like, you didn't bother. You didn't, inflict your emotions you externalize your emotions without inflicting them on another human being which is like really what leads to so many problems in this world uh, mm. both personal micro and macro so i think that if you um so she had said that and i had been thinking about how like crying is so beautiful yet so villainized and yeah. so aligned with being a feminine expression like boys mm -hmm. don't cry there's so many like you know memes about like crying at work you're weak if you cry at work it's like no actually maybe that prevented you from like screaming at somebody you know totally. yeah. so there's this villainization around crying when really crying is so incredibly healthy no i was gonna say sammy that you know that is like a feminized thing but i kind of feel like you know, yeah, like we should really take more uh, examples from men. And, you know, when we're mad, just punch walls, <laughs> punch drywalls. <laughs> I feel like that's a release. I'm being sarcastic. That's I'm a sorry. release. That was. <laughs> but yeah, no, people punch drywalls because they are afraid to cry. Yeah. So I guess that means it's good that I <laughs> that I finally cried yesterday instead of just walking right up two men who are right in the middle of like like you know on a street corner where there's like a subway and there's scaffolding and it's like we're really talking single file for everyone to get through and then there's just a gaggle a gaggle of men catching up right there yesterday i just walked right up to them and i stared at all of them and i said move and then <laughs> then i had the elevator thing and i cried and so hopefully i won't be harassing anymore y'all should see me on my bike when i'm on my bike i feel really brave because i can get away really fast i am a menace i'm like get out of the bike lane the light's red it's really that's so funny oh my gosh i need like a camera yeah, on you need, you need to put on that yeah, gopro or something a, i need a reality I show i should put on a gopro but also you should be in therapy i know <laughs> No, you were saying about uh, therapy and, and, and oversharing and stuff. Like, I feel like half of what my therapist says is like, Millie, it's okay that you were upset at that. <laughs> like, it's literally like her validating. And I'm paying the big bucks, guys. I'm paying the big bucks to have this woman tell me that sounds like something anyone would be upset about. But you don't know that so. until you like actually like externalize it. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't know that until you pay the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I had a I had a I had a dispute with my with my husband earlier in this week. And that was because he came home from a trip and he was insisting 
that he has control over the television. And I said, not my body and not my television. <laughs> I want to watch the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. Okay. Uh-huh. And, and as anyone like, would. As anyone would. And he's like, listen, I promise you're going to like this show. It's called Gaslit. It's on stars. I'm like, I don't want to watch the show. I want to watch the New Jersey reunion. And he's he's like, Okay, whatever. I I just whatever. I ultimately gave in for whatever mm-hmm. reason because mm-hmm. I just wasn't really even trying Easier. to watch TV anyway. He put on Gaslit, and I, I'm hearing it in the background. My TV is like above my head, so I can, I'm like can hear a TV if it's on, but I can't see it unless I'm looking up at it. As you see this very yeah, comfortable yeah. angle. Okay, um, and I basically started hearing all these interesting things that were happening in the show, and I'm like, this is a political show. Like he put on a political show, and I realized they're talking about like Watergate. And I'm like, wait, what is he watching? Like why? Like why am I not watching? <laughs> and so what is the show? Okay, so the show <laughs> is about. This woman named Martha Mitchell. It is a show on stars. Julia Roberts plays Martha Mitchell. It's about Watergate. Martha Mitchell is the wife of John Mitchell, who was an attorney general during Nixon's uh, Watergate scandal. And basically, and um, this isn't a spoiler because it happened in history. So this is also pretty wild. You're going to be like, how the fuck didn't I know about this? The wife of the attorney general found out of about um, Watergate and she would like just generally some background on her. She was very like uh controversial, not controversial, but like she was very loud. She would talk a lot. She had better name recognition than Pat Nixon. She like would not, she was a very flashy type of person. And so she basically found out about Watergate and she was gonna like tell people about it. She was gonna tell reporters because she was always talking to reporters. And they had her kidnapped and held in a hotel room. And they sedated her so that she wouldn't tell anyone, tell a reporter in the 48 hours after Watergate, the Watergate break-in was happening. And she like called this journalist and like, and they, the journalist heard the person in the background, like taking the phone from her. Okay. That's what happens in the first three episodes of the show. It's not all out yet. You can't binge it. You can only see the first three episodes. And that is a historic thing that happened. However, I was first like, what the fuck? How did I not know about this? Then you start reading further and you find out that the man who kidnapped her was appointed ambassador to the Czech Republic by Donald Trump and was the ambassador to the Czech Republic from 2017 to 2021. So this fucking show about Julia Roberts getting kidnapped, I'm like, I'm just mind blown. And to think I wanted to watch The Real Housewives of New Jersey instead. (laughs) I mean, well, I the that'll always good, be there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Beverly Hills came out today. I'm, I have a lot to watch this weekend. I'm definitely going to watch that this weekend. That's, I can't believe I hadn't heard about that. Um, what I was going to say was if this happened now, uh, that woman would probably just wait two years and uh, come out with a book. Exactly. Uh, yeah, um, I feel like that's so like true. was probably like a day in the Trump administration that was so crazy where like somebody published like, hey, you guys know this Czech Republic guy is the same guy that like had basically, you know, abducted this woman. It was like, oh, well, he also like threatened to, you know, nuke North Korea sca- that day. There was 2000. Sc- there's too many. So many scandals. scandals. So many uh, scandals. It just feels like nothing is unbelievable once you know that they kidnapped the attorney general's wife. I know. I know. Well, crazy. Yeah, well, exactly. Anyway. So let's let's get into the episode. (laughs)
Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Okay, so to start today, we have a big one today. Let's discuss a story that has seen more urgency in mainstream news in this week especially, but one that parents have been dealing with for for months. It's been getting progressively worse and it seems it's it doesn't seem really dire. It is really dire now. And that is the the shortage of infant and toddler formula in the US. In some US states, more than half of the formula supply is out. Low income and rural families are having the hardest time finding it and brands with limited quantities are capping how many cans you can buy and individual distributors are also capping it. Infant and toddlers, they obviously have very specific nutritional needs and some rely on a specific brand of formula. One mom told the Washington Post that she was nearly at the point of bringing her 10-month-old to the emergency room just to get her fed because that was like her only option. It's not safe to really dilute formula. That's what I read today, that it's not safe to try to make your own or dilute formula. Another said that she had to make the decision to put a feeding tube in her four-year-old because her four-year-old is a toddler with medical conditions that affect its ability to eat solid food. And she just, they had to make that decision. They, could, they were able to wait that out for four years, but they couldn't anymore. And if you don't have specific nutritional needs, but you just happen to be poor, you can usually only get specific types of formula that's covered by WIC. And for people who can't find it, some have desperately sought cans on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace that are either being price gouged, or I've also heard of people like spending hundreds of dollars and then showing up at the meeting point and nobody's nobody's there. They just took oh, their money of, of these parents. Those people are going to hell. Hell. Hell, this is the bad place. I don't place. believe in hell. And they're going to Dick Cheney hell. They're not going to hell <laughs> we're going to. <laughs> Sometimes you want there to be hell. Do you ever find that? I know. I'm like, yes. I need there to be something. Like, I need there to be something. Mostly when it comes to like abandoned and neglected dogs. I'm like, they have to all go to some terrible place. The people well, that did yeah, that. Yeah, and I just, I told Amanda, it's like, it can't be the same hell that Dick Cheney's and George Bush is going to go to. We're going to a lighter hell, but these people go to Dick Cheney hell. Yeah. I believe that one. if there is a hell that um, it is possible that it's highly personalized to each person. Hmm. You okay. know, um, I think, you know, like, you think everyone gets the same hell? You think that? You think there's just a... Okay, well, I think I'm in hell. <laughs> yeah, okay, what's your hell? Really quickly, before we continue, everyone, what's your hell? Because I have my hell already. <laughs> you go. My hell is a Q&A where no one asks questions. Everyone just says Says stuff. And and all the statements are bragging about themselves. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't have a question, but I uh, published a book myself. And I was wondering if you could follow me on Instagram. Mine is similar to that now that you said it. Mine (laughs) is being at a movie or a play or any sort of performance. And the person behind you just having something to say about everything in a performative manner. Just constantly saying something. Mm. 
that is hellish. My, like to spend eternity like that, that that would be the the most miserable I could be. Yeah, Sammy, I, I would. Yeah, this is hard. I really could think about is this it? for a while. <laughs> yeah, because what do I hate the most? Or just what popped up now? <laughs> I mean, it's not even the most. I mean, it's like even you know torture tactics. It's like duration and repetitiveness yeah, yeah. Is, is what really is what makes it hell. Well, okay, like any sort of physical discomfort is obviously like you know, by so hell. You know, oh. So hell is a bad wedgie for sure. <laughs> no, pick. hell is like no, hell is like physical pain. Or if we're getting into like your guys, no, so only the Dick Cheney hell, only the Dick Cheney hell has physical physical pain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, Dick Cheney hell is a bar class that never ends oh no <laughs> it's like maybe it's like running on a treadmill for eternity <laughs> get a really yeah. high dick cheney hell is getting is the pain of getting an iud that just forever okay forever All i'd right. like to put that on like on like whatever the the word, most anti-abortion rights person is having to like sit in a meeting where like you just have to be there in the presence of multiple other people being in any situation Smile where i have face to hurts, be yeah in the constant presence maybe it's just a lot of people yeah <laughs> a lot of people so a big meeting in yankee stadium so Andrew, <laughs> how did this happen what caused the formula shortage i mean same shit that causes everything but with like a little a little splash of of recalls so mainly supply chain issues that were mostly exacerbated by these recalls. In February, Abbott issued a recall of formula produced at a Michigan fl- plant after four infants became oh sick with two bacterial infections and two of the children died. Abbott accounts for just a huge share of the formula market. I think there's just them and, and two other groups, and Abbott is the one that has contracts with the government. Infant formula is, I was astounded to read today, not included in the strategic national stockpile. Not necessarily that this is like that moment, but that could certainly fucking come. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we found out during the Trump administration that some of the masks in there were like expired, expired anyway. And I was seeing a lot of tweets yesterday that sort of like were, were sort of looking into, I mean, like Abbott was able to get like shareholder buybacks in like the $5 million range or something. And, and oh, well, they apparently didn't fix parts of the machinery that could have caused this bacterial infection if that's what happened. Well, at least they got money. Mm-hmm. So these people put all of their effort into making sure that abortions are not possible so that more babies can be born. And yet none of those people were like, at any point, we should put formula in the stockpile? No, because our boobs can feed an endless amount no, of infants. Can't. And it feels it feels amazing breastfeeding. It's basically an orgasm, men think. Okay, first of all, even if it were, not everyone can. They're just work. so dumb when it comes, forget having to work, even if you exactly. don't have to work, it's not necessarily gonna work out for you. Sometimes babies don't fucking want it. It's right. like, well, I also, what about the babies we're dropping off at Amy Coney Barrett's safe haven? What are they gonna eat? Well, right. Right. I just think that this this is so emblematic of like 15 issues that are going wrong with this country. Right. (laughs) It's like the fact that people creating policy capital gains over everything, over human lives, over the most innocent lives. And for me, the thing that pisses me off the most is the WIC. So WIC is essentially food like super, super, super heavily red flag, tons of red tape food stamps. But the thing about food stamps is you can use them for anything. Wick you could only use 
certain like you could yeah. only buy and it's at, at its core it's very racist because it's like single mothers or mothers aren't going to be able to make proper choices they can't buy steak with wick they could only buy apple juice but not any kind of apple juice just welches and all this stuff so then for like exactly what's happening is like when we run out and and it's just like the kind of red tape kind of need um, uh, need testing means testing yeah. shit that a lot of centrist democrats and and in people on the right put so it's like we're not just handing out free money but then this is the problem is that when crisis happens it it actually prevents people from getting the services and helping them in the first place because you're so obsessed so now people can't buy similac for example which is one of the brands of formula because it's it's the only ones that are wick and that's out of stock and maybe there's other ones in stock in the grocery store but because they have wick they can't buy it mm -hmm. so and if you go to any grocery store in the hood, especially in New York City, every single formula is fucking behind lock and key, mm -hmm. which is fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> anyway. And, and obviously you can't buy them in bulk when you're on WIC. You can't buy that much at once. You're on a yeah. fixed amount of money. And other people are buying them in bulk because they are stocking up. Right. I mean, now they have kind of like. Now they've placed limits on them, but there are all sorts of just like networks of people trying to get the right brands to each other. And it's just I think this this happens in like networks of moms constantly around things and that I'm not always aware of because I'm not a mom yet. But it's just so much like it really does take a village because these women always have to fill in the gaps left by our government and they always will, you know? So that's why these issues, like no one bothers to solve them. Everything we're taught, everything we've talked about this week, it's like women will handle it. They'll figure it out. They always do. Yeah. Where's the Senate running to fucking fix this? Like they did with the protesters on the sidewalk, mm -hmm. you know, no one's running and fixing this problem or, or figuring this out. It's just kind of like, Oh, well, capitalism, right? <laughs> When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Some things that the government could potentially do if they learn from this. So they monitor uh, the prescription drug industry in a way that they can make sure there aren't going to be shortages. And so they could do that here to sort of like watch the supply chain, watch the decisions that are being made to make sure that this doesn't happen. They could, of course, fix these contracts for WIC so low-income families have more options. And also formula is a little bit unique in that we do not allow, I believe, any formula from Europe into the country. If you try to send it, if you try to order it, it will get taken at the airport. And 
that is, I am not a scientist. I'm not an expert. I was just reading this morning that some say that might not be necessary. They ingredients in some are identical and the FDA could maybe take another look at, uh, at how this is handled. Obviously the priority is like keeping all the infants safe, but like people don't know what to do right now. They're deciding mm-hmm. if they're going to feed their babies cow's milk, which is not safe until a certain, a certain age. And obviously this in the background of forced birth is wild. I think it's interesting because this really shows how the how the people who are in charge of any or sort of like at the top of any given decision making, I don't know, body. It really is important to have representation because my guess is that these is that if there were more women and mothers who were the ones making these decisions, like, should we allow in formula from Europe? Should we make these sort of like emergency changes to ease the shortage? I'm sure that if there were more women who were the ones like, let's be honest, more so responsible for making sure that children are ultimately fed at the end of the day, I think some of those actions probably would have been taken sooner. It's you see it with like example, like the diagnosis of like endometriosis and things like PCOS. It's like, because there are generally fewer women who were like at the top of medical research institutions, you just don't have as much information on certain things. Like you just, because they're, they're not experiencing it. It's not their priority. And that's just shows why it's so key to have representation in decision-making. And the that representation comes from like the entire pipeline, right? Like to be a female politician, you just look at what female politicians who are mothers are going through. Look at Il- Ilan Omar and, you know, Rashida Tlaib. And, uh, you know, these are people who are susceptible, you know, when you're a mother in this male dominated thing, like it takes a lot of time away. And there's all these things that lead up to the, to the pipeline and being, you know, a female scientist on a certain board, like you have had to overcome so many obstacles. And then when you're there, everyone is constantly shitting on you. So it's just kind of like just a huge problem. No, there's, I mean, what you're what you're describing, there was, um, Oh, what is her name? A woman. I think she's either an astronaut or she's a rocket scientist, something like that. I think her handle is the space gal and she's a mom of three and she recently had another baby and she was trying to travel for something that I assume was professional and they didn't let her in with her breast milk. There are very, it seems like every TSA has a different understanding of, of the rules. And it's just like, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like this woman, she arranged, she probably had to arrange so meticulously to be able to leave her infant um, or to feel like she could without having guilt. And then like, then like this happens. So you're right. If there are more people like her in charge of this, I don't think we would get to these like dire situations. I mean, I wonder if like there should be a house candidate whose entire platform is like the formula platform. Or mother's paid leave, the, yeah. the child credit tax, mm-hmm. all that shit. What about just like the reality of womanhood candidate? Like, like this is the person who, because ex- it's the laws don't align or like the language of rules and policies or whatever it is, they don't align with the reality of what happens with the human body. That's why you can't legislate the human body. Like, are you going to legislate chemotherapy? Like, no right. one tries to do that because they don't think that they can. So, mm-hmm. similarly, why do you think that you can legislate? birth control and IVF and all these things that you don't even fucking understand. Because I, I think there are a couple voters that will get on board with them and demand they stay in office. True. True. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. 
Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. So we're going to pivot slightly. We're going to play our end of week game. Okay, I had been calling it support. Porter Supplant for many weeks. And then I do not remember her name, but somebody in the, uh, this week, me and Elise started calling our like community of sub listeners, the chat. And it just like, it feels right. So great. Somebody in the chat was like, you could also do support or suppress. And I was like, we could absolutely do that. That is a thousand times better. Thank you. It's so so much better. When you said support or supplant to me, I was like, I should Google the specific definition of supplant. Oh, I I did not know what supplant was for sure. I was like, it must, it means like replace, but like it probably means something else. Like this works much better. I even Googled like words that start with sup. And I guess I just saw supplant and then stopped fucking reading. It was like, that'll always play to the top of your intelligence, Amanda. Uh, You know, supplant is er, like would come earlier than suppress. So it's not your fault. Exactly. I saw that as I, as I said that I was like, is that even factually correct? All right. So we're going to start. In Spain. We're going to start in Spain, where the socialist-led coalition government is really is really doing the opposite of what ours is. They are preparing a law that would remove the tax on menstrual products, and Sammy, you talked about this in morning announcements, and allow between three and five days of leave each month for women or people who have incapacitating periods. The law recognizes that for some people who menstruate, the symptoms are incapacitating. They are like medical. It's like if you were if you were sick because it can it can feel that way the government is also pursuing a law that would remove parental consent recommendation requirements for 16 and 17 year olds to get abortions as well as three day the three day waiting period what do you guys think about menstrual leave support support yeah my question is like does it does everyone get it or do you have to like prove that your symptoms are very bad that's my only question how do you prove that well, you know, in the before times, it was sort of like, oh, I'm a little bit sick, but I can still go into work. So maybe it's like that. But we also don't really think about that anymore. But that's because sicknesses are like contagious. So I don't know. I guess it's I think it's just honor system. Believe I mean, women, support. Sammy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, my question is, is there like uh, are there requirements around it? Like, you it's know, you to have to days prove it. I don't think because so. Because then it starts to become like definitely culturally. You know, OK. All right. Support. Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously support. I just want to know, like, you know, no, what are yeah, the deeps? Sometimes the only reason there's like a little gray area for me sometimes is like, I sometimes am wary about like talking too much about the specific like 
women experiences because it's like just because a woman's on her period doesn't mean she can't do her job but also sometimes it does and maybe we need to make more space for that like it's not her fault that but i don't know i just i would never want anyone to assume that like Oh, Amanda's was moody this time last month. So maybe in a couple days, she's going to be an incapacitating pain. I don't want anyone Mm. thinking about that. Like people already think about that in terms of like parenthood. It's like, oh, no. okay, Amanda's going to take leave on for, for, you know, I don't know. Just it. It's like the fact that your essential genderness would impact your professional life at all gives me a little itchy of an instinct. But of course, I support. Well, that's what I was thinking, like in Spain, like I feel like for something like this to work, the culture of the country around it is really important because it's like in like what you're saying like i could see that becoming something that people weaponize in america but if you're not america right maybe maybe that's not relevant yeah like you like you mess up at work and it's like well carol you did take menstrual leave last week so maybe you're not at the top of your game yet right and then does it start getting like and then do you start getting into like oh we are afraid to speak about menstrual leave because yeah. of like the discrimination and then do people not like, want to hire women and yeah. then does it just gets very i don't know but it's still coming support. at it from the patriarchy's terms though. here's the thing yeah. you wouldn't fucking need menstrual leave if just overall conditions around health care and leave and paid leave and sick leave were better and more regulated across the states like you wouldn't specifically need menstrual leave I think that this is what's basically exactly what you were saying, Sammy, but also like this is like menstrual is a good excuse, I would say. Like, I think that's what they're setting precedent for. It's like it's a yeah, nice exactly. to be able to take off. And Spain has been passing laws about division of domestic labor. That was one that passed a few years ago where it's like, if you're in the household, you have to contribute 50% of the domestic labor. (laughs) How do they legislate that? I don't know how they legislate it, but it's one of those things where it's like, these laws that are just put in place to get people to start thinking that way of like, if you're in a household and whatever, like you need to help wash dishes or this and that. And if you don't like, I don't think they can legislate that, but it's like, okay, well, when it's time for a divorce or no, you know, this is a country. You can sue I mean, your not, spouse. Yeah, exactly. We're not not just Spain, but in a lot of places, like if a woman cheated on her husband, she got everything taken away and her life was over. You know what I mean? Because of the way that laws were written against divorce. So in that way, I'm like. I don't know. Yeah. Like put it in mm-hmm. law that you have to help me with fucking dishes. So that yeah. when you don't, then I can take half your shit or whatever. I don't know. So I think it's one of those laws. Like it's hard because on one end, like we can't legislate bodies and we can't do this, but on the other end, can the law be something that pushes people in the right direction? Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, that's, know. I think what they wanted with this is they wanted the law to recognize that this can be as like, incapacitating and damaging to your ability to carry out your professional duties as a sickness. So that's cool. All right. Our next one. Cities across the country are offering remote workers of more populous cities big perks to relocate. Millie, you sent this through and it's so interesting. All right. Tulsa, Oklahoma will give you $10,000 to relocate alongside a year of free membership to a co-working space. This one with Tulsa, a lot of these are done through the government, but through Tulsa, it's done through a philanthropic group rather than the city. So I guess that's just a lot of really rich Oklahomans getting together and saying, let's pay people to move here. And one guy that was quoted in the in the Reuters story about this said um, he 
he took up the offer and moved from Silicon Valley to Tulsa. And he said he'd been, quote, he felt like he'd been, quote, let out of a gulag, which seems a little dramatic, but okay, good for him. Johnson City, (laughs) a few more. Johnson City, Tennessee will offer $5,000 to help with moving expenses. You can also get a $1,000 voucher towards a brand new hot tub and $500 for a bicycle. But I did Google it and it's a gorgeous mountain town. So, I mean, I would definitely like let them give me a free bike. Greensburg, Indiana (laughs) claims to have free grandparents on demand and they will also subsidize your move with $5,000. Denver, I don't know if Denver really needs that many new people. Uh, But they basically have all of these like they have these interactive spreadsheets to show that they have more sunny days and shorter commute times. They're really trying to get you with like the data viz. And the rate of return (laughs) for these places can be pretty high. I mean, if you just give somebody a five hundred dollar bike, that's nothing compared to the thousands in annual tax revenue. Apparently, this Tulsa program has already pulled in at least sixty five million dollars of revenue for Tulsa. So what do you guys think of this? I'm a big supporter of this, not just because um, like I think it's cool and like uh, innovative but i think that part of the problem with america is that like size wise we are way too divided geographically and there is only increasing polarization between like cities wealthy urban cities generally and you know sort of just rural you know non-populated and i think it would be a good thing to have more mixing of that and to bring a little bit more bring revival to some of these more, you know, to these other places. And also for not everyone like who live, a lot of people live in the cities because they have no choice because they feel like I need to live here for my job. I can't make it work otherwise. And they end up like in a fucking rat race where they can't keep up with the cost of living in the city and they can't get it. it, Yeah. So I think this is, I think this is, this could be a really good thing and I'm excited to see what happens with it. Yeah. I kind of feel like, um, in some ways, well, Oklahoma especially has so many tax breaks that are like make no fucking sense. And then and then like they're you also can't get an abortion there really right now. So you can't get an abortion there. But it's like their teachers, their education system is like so poorly funded because they they push so many tax cuts and then they don't have fucking money to run the state so they get a bunch of new people to come in tax the hell out of them and it's like okay that's short term but it's Mm -hmm. like i'm just thinking of like okay cool i can live somewhere else cheaper but what's it what's my experience going to be like going to a grocery store voting um Mm. if my kids going to the doctor my kids go to school are they going to learn about slavery? <laughs> you know, these are real concerns. And like, that's the thing. And another thing that Sammy was saying was just like in China, which I know we don't want to be like China, but like China will just pick a, a place, a plot of land in the middle of nowhere, quote unquote, and just develop it, put a bunch of housing, put a bunch of shit and then wait for people to move there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And plans and, and like they do the planning first and then people will come. So like, I think it's interesting. We have all these towns all up and down the East Coast, all up and down the country that 
you know, because of the, you know, because of like the outsourcing of jobs and stuff are, are desolate and are in need of a revival. And maybe they don't all want to be Brooklyn, but mm -hmm. they all want, you know, a thriving downtown, whatever. So I'm just like, this could be really interesting. But mm -hmm. the thing is that the polarization isn't coming from cities dwellers. It's coming from the people up top who gerrymander the fuck and hold everything hostage. So but it's not coming from the city dwellers, but I don't know if it's like a chicken or the egg thing, obviously. But yeah. mm -hmm. if the if the constituents want those more people and those people who move there are like, I'm not going to live here if this is your curriculum. Yeah. I mean, who who knows ultimately what will be the effect? And this is like so this is like a group that's doing it, not like a government funded thing. Well, I think some of them are, I think it varies. Yeah. But it is interesting that the very wealthy Oklahomans who are probably even more wealthy because the state doesn't tax them adequately are like, OK, so we'll give you ten thousand dollars to move here from Silicon Valley. It's like, why don't you why just don't help you people just that are here? Taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Assholes. And they might, you know, because they're not like here, let me send some extra money. I understand the idea of like, let's revive our where we yeah, are. These places need a tax base to survive for, you know, the future. Like, I think maybe that's this is a good direction for us to go in, like distribute the wealth and the culture, you know, the education level, like more equally. And you might just get like a less polarized country where people don't stand for these extremes. Thinking about how Joe Biden got that that one electoral vote in Nebraska. And I, I'm not sure if it was from Oma, the Omaha area or the Lincoln area. area yeah. yeah. And like. I mean, as I'm thinking, it's like a lot of these places I would definitely move to. I wish like this is a problem. You know, I wish we were more like Europe and that you could get from from Tulsa to Lincoln a little quicker, you know, and you could sort of like jump around. I think the main issue with these areas is that some of them are remote. Obviously not Denver. You can go all across Colorado to Denver. I'm on my way. You well, don't have to worry on. about well, me. I'm going to say well, I was going to say something where I had a friend who relocated from L.A. to Denver. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways, it really helped them. You know, they they got a condo. They purchased their first condo. And but <clears throat> in a lot of ways, like they go by they them pronouns mm. and their co-workers in Denver like a lot of them make oh, fun really? of them like they're they're having a really okay. hard time with like the di lack of diversity and the fact that you know in LA and New York they had a way easier time with gender stuff sexuality stuff and also just race stuff but then you know so so like that oh, was yeah. way easier for them but then on the other hand it's like I'm not working myself to the bone like these L.A. ad agencies demand or New York ad agencies. And also, like, I'm able to buy a condo with the salary that I make here. But that comes at a cost of, totally. you know, some of my coworkers making fun of me for using they, them pronouns. And it depresses the hell out of me. So there are like, much bigger trade-offs for some people than others. Yeah, But the answer yeah. is to fix the coworkers' attitude or not fix. Like, you can't fix anyone's attitude, but exactly. you can, like, exposure and education. And I think can like, I think that's more likely to change in Denver than like your friends should have oh, yeah. to go to L.A. or New York and change yeah. the quality of life. Yeah. So totally. But that comes at a cost to my friend. Right. Yeah. No. So yeah. That, that, yeah. This is what we're saying. Exactly. Like it's like a, a thing of like, OK, cool. Let's take advantage of these places. But it's like it's like when the rents go up and people are always like, well, why don't you just leave New York? And it's like, well, for like a queer person of color. There are plenty yeah. of reasons not to leave. New who who maybe is like a <laughs> per, in a specific industry. There are lots of really good reasons not to leave New York. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, people say yeah. bubble, but it's like, you know, community shell kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm fine with that, yeah. But, All right, let's yeah. stay on the topic of remote work. Yeah, and as we as you were talking about that, Millie, most of the people that they talked to in that article that did go to, were like, of course I'll go to Greensburg, Indiana, and of course I'll go to, to Tulsa, we're white. So their trade-offs were not as, they didn't really have those like cultural environmental trade-offs. On the topic of remote work, so I've seen a lot of TikToks lately of people like threatening to quit if their companies make them return to work and how people are interviewing for a bunch of jobs all the time because there's just such a competitive edge for workers right now. And according to Bloomberg, even the most inflexible bosses are acknowledging that this job market is too competitive to ask people to commute into an office five days a week for no reason. Specifically, JP Morgan and Chase CEO Jamie Dimon, who kind of like came to sort of symbolize this point of this like, you know, boomer age usually white male point of view that you have to all be in an office together and it contains space in order to ideate and be creative and have like spontaneous effectiveness. I'm not really sure, but even he's coming around. Men that want to escape their families. (laughs) I mean, exactly. He wrote in his (laughs) annual letter to shareholders last month that, you know, working from home will become more permanent in American business. And he estimated that at least 40% of his workforce or it said his workforce, but 40% of the workforce uh, will have a hybrid situation in some sense. Apple is also looking at this. Apple has gotten um, a lot of pushback from employees who just are like, there's no point. This is not valuable enough to be to be worth our time. Okay. (laughs) So much of the sentiment to Sammy, we would all be at home all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, but but here's here's that. That's not entirely true, because I don't think that it's like I don't think people are against having to show up to do their jobs and earn their money. I think they're against having to be forced to do that for no clear value. So like if you yeah. need to go somewhere and you, if you need to physically go to some somewhere to achieve the job that you are, you know, apl- employed at, then you're I think people are okay with that. And generally, I mean that's been sort of the reaction at Betches is that like it's sort of like an optional yeah. as needed type of thing and people are happy to go to the office when they get to choose to when they don't feel like it's being like when they're being like chained to a desk and babysat and like and like big brothered over their job. I think it just makes people feel so much more autonomous and like they're earning their money rather than they're being like transacted almost like it it just feels for sure. Yeah, it's just I think it makes people feel so much more of a sense of agency, empowerment. And then you also have you don't know the personal lives of everybody. So you don't know what their issues might be with commuting or maybe with diversity in terms of like microaggressions, like who needs to be fending off microaggressions when you could just do your job, like Mm -hmm. let them stay home. And what like just do the job. Like I, that's kind of like, there's so many different factors. Like if maybe someone is, maybe they just got pregnant and they don't want their coworkers to know it's so much easier for them to just be able to hide it. Or if they're breastfeeding, let's say, cause they can't get their formula. Like it's just, I or think had it's a just miscarriage so and stays home. And just, yeah. yeah. Right. I just think it just shows so much more respect for yeah. people who you work with to show them the trust over to like have agency over their time and lives that like they will still do what they were hired for, even if they're not chained to the desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've worked so many fucking jobs. <laughs> I've had jobs where I've had to, you know, and like, it's this whole antiquated, I mean, that whole thing of like work culture was already 
changing with like what you wear to work you know older companies and companies with more like they're all like office clothes and business clothes and then mm-hmm. obviously younger ones are like you could wear jeans wear whatever but like it just doesn't make any sense anymore and and there are things like for example there are meetings or bigger conferences or bigger things where it just doesn't make sense to be in office but for a lot of these things like you don't actually need to be there. You're subjecting yourself to a lot of scrutiny, lack of privacy, all this stuff. And, you know, the thing is that people who miss it, like they miss out on social interactions right. and all of that. But it's like, why can't we reimagine society in a different way? You know, like join a kickball team, join a kickball team or, or something. And a lot of these places will have off, like do have still offices and people will still show up, but it might be more flex and stuff. But yeah, people that go to the the batches office, they're like, have a weird click. They call themselves offie regs and they have a very, I didn't even know that. It's like fucking severance. You walk in there and they, they're speaking a different language. What are you talking about? When I was in my early twenties, my job wasn't that hard. And so I just, and I had, was on a big team of young people. So I loved it. Oh, me I too, went on me on my too. days off, like to go yeah. in. And so like, it's, it's great Stay to have later. that. Yeah. And, and people do do that at Betches and I see people doing that. And I think it's awesome. They have that ability. And that's why I still go in once a week to give her that FaceTime. I would want it when I was young. And it's like nice to have like those touch-ups, but I mean, obviously an ideal situation is when you have the option of either. Well, yeah. here's the, here's the other thing. People, I understand like Jamie Dimon's like point about like you do get stuff done and there yeah. is a productivity in like but I don't think you need being five days around of each other. No. You don't even, I strongly believe you don't need five days of it. Yeah. You need sporadic yet like, well, like consistent, consistent, consistent. interaction yeah, in person. You don't need people getting sick of each other. You know, yeah. you just want like the positivity that you get from that, but that does not require constant. Yeah. And then you're not maximizing your time with them. It's like, I know what I'm going in. If what I want to do IRL with, with who and let, like, then we do it. Yeah. I, and I think like as someone who's worked like in TV remotely, like, and not remotely, there's just only so much, especially like with different projects, there's only so much that one, a worker can do in one day, you totally. know, because it has to go through all these reviews and just like the worst fucking feeling. That's so true. Yeah. The worst feeling is just sitting there and knowing that like you're just waiting for time to pass. And you're like, if because, I were at home, I'd go run an errand, you know? Yeah. Like if I was at home, I'd run an errand. I'd do my laundry. I'd wash dishes. Oh, mm-hmm. we're having a meeting at four. I'm going to go this and that. You know what I mean? Like, like that is fine. Yeah. I don't care about doing a um, busy work or not having a lot to do. But when you're in an office and you have nothing to do, but you have to look busy, that's the shit that fucking drives me up a wall. And I had one one place that like this one job that I had where they tried to do hybrid but then hybrid is like if if I didn't send an email before 11 a.m. or something my boss would act like did Millie even work today like it's just mm. like annoying but then um I would get to the office and there wasn't enough desk for everybody. There wasn't enough like that's fucked up. Yeah, there wasn't like enough space for people. And then they would like so. So it's of just, course you're like, what is the point of this? What is the point of this? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's finally I they came that job. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just think that there are like only so many pointless rules that people will submit themselves totally. to before they're yeah. like, I will look elsewhere. And like I duh obviously. 
Who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh boy, that is our show for today. If you're going to be out protesting this weekend, be careful, be safe, have fun. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.